The air hangs like a withheld breath, and the full moon casts its reflected light on an otherwise dark world. You know there is much going on tonight, despite all the stillness. Welcome to the Nature of Phonology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. For one sweet year right out of college, I called the little coastal village of Bar Harbor home. One of my fondest memories was of evening walks with my best friend through the neighborhoods, past the shops and restaurants, and down the hill to the pier. I would stare into the endless blue water below, looking for signs of life before walking the shore path that would loop us back to the apartment. This walk was at its greatest splendor on frigid, pitch-black winter nights after a snowstorm, with my boots leaving tracks on the sidewalk and the snow piled up high in the middle of the road. But before winter, autumn, with all its seasonal ripeness and olfactory wisps of the first chimney smoke of the season, transfixed my inner naturalist and epicure. For it was exactly on this date, low those many years ago, that my friend and I gathered a bumper crop of today's feature from the edges of the Bar Harbor shore path, rose hips. Invasion over is how my college dendrology professor characterized the non-native Rosa rugosa's status. Beach rose is actually native to northeastern China, Japan, Korea, and southeastern Siberia. While beach roses have so thoroughly settled in across most places in the United States, including Maine, that they are now considered naturalized, this is not the case in the Gulf of St. Lawrence. On a trip to Cushabaquack National Park in New Brunswick a few years back, I was taught as much by a tremendously friendly park ranger as I looked over the barrier dunes that looked so familiar to my New Englander self, yet so foreign where I would have expected to see a vast monoculture expanse of prickly roses, stood a diverse and ever-shifting grassland punctuated by flowers and shorebirds, looked after by vigilant rangers and scientists who defended this unique place from the encroaching invasive beach rose. I was shocked and heartbroken that a mere handful of hours away from the very dune where I was taking all this new information in, we call the invasion over. But as we have all learned for one reason or another this year, sometimes we just have to make lemonade from whatever travesty befalls your country and its ecosystem. I mean lemons. Despite all the damage Beach Rose has caused on the native dunes and beaches of the New England coast, it has also bestowed upon us two great gifts. One comes in summer when they show off their great floppy rose flowers that smell better than just about any rose, wild or domestic. The second gift is in the fall, when the fruit of the rose, the rose hip, is finally ripe for picking. The flesh of the hip is mildly sweet and tastes somewhere between a strawberry and a tomato. While eating the fruit in its raw state is a challenge, due to the abundance of seeds inside, it does make a wonderful jam packed with vitamin C. One cup of prepared, that is, de-seeded, rose hips has the same amount of vitamin C as 12 dozen oranges. To preserve all this vitamin C, it is best to make an uncooked jam. Yule Gibbons, in his book Stocking the Healthful Herbs, has a wonderful recipe for rose hip jam. In a blender, he puts one cup of prepared hips and purees that with three-quarter cup of water, the juice of one lemon, and gradually adds three cups of sugar. He processes this until the sugar is fully dissolved. Then he takes one packet of powdered pectin and boils it hard for one minute in three-quarter cup of water before blending this along with the fruit mixture. 
After quickly transferring the silky, peach-colored jam into jars, he refrigerates it for up to a month or freezes it for longer. So this weekend, you could try your hand at making your own rosehip jam. Try checking ocean beaches, bluffs, or boat launches for these beach roses. I can hardly think of a better way to ward off winter illness than rosehip jam on toast with a side of rosehip tea. You can download this episode and find a link to our blog, which includes the transcript including the rosehip jam recipe, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.